Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. To what's going on around it, so when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life and 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand You could never understand Feel the fortune flowing Yes, oh sorry, yes, we need better local roads. But the transformational infrastructure is a better public transport system. One where you don't need a timetable, one where you can comfortably comfortably and optimistically leave the car at home. We want to make sure we build the best possible public transport system. I simply won't ask Victorians to get out of their car into a second-class public transport system. Yes, you're back listening to 3CR, the Yarrabug radio show in this post-Christmas New Year... No, it's not a malaise. Good morning. 3CR, Yarrabug radio show here, streaming on your transistor or podcasting. We've got a show coming out today which is having a little bit of a look at... um, There's a little bit of road building going on in Melbourne and Victoria at the moment, so we're just going to have a look at that. Those quotes at the start of the show from 2014 was the day that Daniel Andrews was elected Premier of this state. We're still looking for a first-class public transport system. Many thanks to Democracy Now! and Amy Goodman. I joined in the studio this morning with Nick Dow from Melbourne Bug. Good morning, Nick. Beautiful sort of, and Ned City in the corner of two, which he'll speak later, I hope. First up, we're going to go to our bike moments. Nick, sorry. My bike moment is very recent. On Saturday, you may remember the temperature got to 41 and I had five places to visit, five errands to run. I think I finally finished about 3.30 when the temperature was getting close to 41 and riding around the city on a big cargo bike with a 25-kilo dog on board was quite interesting. Actually, I survived it pretty well, but, you know, sitting when you got stuck at the stop line in the full sun and the wind coming across those acres of asphalt in the city was just like being inside a fan-forced oven. It was incredible. Um, but, but we survived it and survived it very well. The bike is actually a good way to get around, even in the heat. It is too. 
and that lovely cool breeze that wafted in later in the afternoon was very nice. We're a bit lucky, though. We get one day. Then it's gone. Anyway. On this occasion, yeah. yeah. Yep. My bike moment, I think, in company, this is about the last week and a half. Sometimes you forget how lovely it is to ride around Melbourne with 20% of the normal car traffic. It just makes so much of a difference. And interestingly enough, you can see the results of more people on bikes. Perhaps something that the AMA could consider in their in their thoughts. <laughs> Less cars. They forgot to mention that. <laughs> Nick's touchy on a subject that we'll try and touch on a little bit later in the news section. That is the uh, AMA have put out a health safety policy, is it? Or as a letter of intent, I would imagine. I got a little bit of news, actually, from outside um, politics. The... Um, National Road Race Champions was on at Bunningyong over the weekend. Alex Edmondson uh, won the uh, Men's Road Race Champion and um, Sharon Malseed won the Women's uh, Road National. So many congrats to them. I saw Richie Port, uh, I think, came third in the uh, Men's Road Race. And uh, so... And uh, Rowan Dennis, actually, should say, for the third time, won the National time trial uh, event. Now, a couple of things have come out this week. I think we should probably talk about the one with the most depth first, Nick. And then we've got a, uh, for the next 20 years, we'll all be guided and local and state governments will be guided by the Victorian cycling strategy. Have you had a quick peruse of this glossy brochure? No, no, I haven't wasted any time reading it at all. Uh, it's, it's just bike wash. It's a waste of time. We know that from the last strategy produced by the Labor Party. I mean, the Liberal when Party was, doesn't... When was the last Well, strategy? it would have been roughly eight years ago because they were out of government for four years. Uh, the Liberals didn't bother with a strategy. I mean, the difference between the Labor and the Liberal Party is the Liberals tell you they're going to they're stick a knife in, whereas the Labor Party says, we're your friends, and then sticks a knife in your back. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I would recommend to people, you don't waste your time reading it. But um, the only... And actually, you will waste a bit of time if you read it and try and find any concrete objectives or endpoints that we should be aiming for. It's actually, if you have a read of three or four pages, Don wants you to be amazed at this book because actually the 30 or 40 pages and virtually just saying two things. If we build better stuff, more people will cycle. Then a lot of lovely diagrams about the percentage of people who are... Did you have a look at these? Dividing cyclists into four groups. You know, as I say, I haven't yeah. wasted my time on it. Um, I mean, when you've got a government that says, no, we're not going to have safe bike, safe bike lanes in St Kilda Road, because, of course, St Kilda Road couldn't possibly be wide enough, why would you read their strategy? Their strategy is to say no. There's not much I can say about that, Nick. I remember once, look, I, I remember when the last strategy came out and um, the, radio sh- the bike radio show on Triple R was still going along for the ride. You might remember, but uh, Justin Mansfield and somebody were doing the show then. And for an hour interview, we had one of the authors of the cycling strategy in. And I mean, it was just exactly the same thing. Although in that strategy, right in the first two or three pages, they listed about 10 projects that needed to be done. You know, you know, you talked about the four types of cyclists. That's a bicycle network. That's a Harry idea. I know. Um, you know, up, racing cyclists picked up by um, 
and 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 uh, you know we've got to cater for all these different sorts of cyclists. In point of fact, a much better typology is the one that came from Roger Geller from Portland, Oregon, which is the 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 uh, enthusiast. I forget his what he called them, but the one percent who will cycle no matter what. And then there's the enthusiastic, and which is about five or six percent of the population who cycle if there's a painted bike lane. And then the vast bulk of the population who'll ride if we make it really safe. Um, and uh, and then he has about I think twenty five percent of the population who'll never ride a bike. But actually, in the Netherlands, ninety three percent of people, according to government stats, ride a bike at least once a week. Um, that's a much more useful topology because it tells you what you'll achieve if you actually build safe bike lanes. Yeah. But anyway, um, I think that's enough about the cycling strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you think you're living in a world where the idea is if you hold the reins of power, you don't fix problems, you just manage them. The Labor Party... You know, like I say, they don't, they want to pretend to be everybody's friend. There's a bit of bike wash. They'll publish it because they know it'll take in some people. Yeah. We're doing that bit for everybody in the community. So they, That's what they want you to think, yep. But the reality is when we talk about <clears throat> the projects and what's actually going on, you'll see what they really think. Yeah, and you'll, this is why they don't name any projects that need to – or Nothing measurable, nothing to commit to, no. nothing you could hold them to, to account for, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one of the objectives in the last cycling strategy was to have the bike lane going all the way along the Yarra on the upper reaches, something that's still even close to being obtained or even looks like getting obtained. Anyway, if you don't give yourself any goals, you, you're always going to make sure you achieve them. <laughs> we should move on to your friendly doctor's advice then. Oh, the AMA. <laughs> the, uh, the AMA is uh, what do they call it? Uh, position an AMA position I don't know. statement. It's an utterance of no consequence. A position statement. <clears throat> so the AMA uh, represent the people who fix you up after the car runs you over, and their advice is to try not to be run over. That pretty much could summarise their document. They they have no expertise, no knowledge, and no don't seem to have any desire to engage with people who know about the realities and what you should be doing to make people safer. Uh, look, it's just another document that I wouldn't bother reading and it won't have any effect. Who's going to read it? Who's going to take any notice of it? It doesn't say anything anyway. True. Um, you know, look, it's just blaming the victim where it says anything about cyclists and pedestrians. It doesn't It doesn't suggest that we could have fewer cars, that we could actually re-engineer the roads to make things safer, that we could slow the cars down. These are the things that actually work that would make... Perhaps the AMA want, likes a steady stream of patients through their doors, I don't know, but the things that would actually make us safer they don't mention because it's not their field of expertise. Why would we take their advice? No, and, I mean, this runs up against a lot of things all the time. The uh, One of the uh, things which they produce no evidence and do anything about it and is the idea of wearing headphones on bikes, but, I mean, this is a pretty small little thing. Well, in fact... There's no evidence of any sort that people wearing headphones are more likely to end up in hospital. There is a measurement, and this was done by Bicycle Network. I'll say something nice about them now. Um, uh, they, they did a measurement, and if you've got your windows up in your car, you hear less than a cyclist or a pedestrian who's listening to music. Music, right. So, end of story. We've got everybody weighing in in the late December, late December early January. Well, perhaps they had nothing better to do after their Christmas party. Um, 
be good to see someone weighing in constructively. Um, Melbourne bug has been, but we'll get on to that. Yes. Now, we'll be right back after this quick message. Lest we forget, join us to commemorate the 176th anniversary of the execution of the two freedom fighters, Tanaminawai and Moorbohina, at the Tanaminawai and Moorbohina Monument, corner of Victoria and Franklin Street, Melbourne. Do you know the names of the first men hanged here in Melbourne town? Join us midday, Saturday the 20th of January 2018 and then walk with us to their last resting place in the Queen Victoria markets. The ceremony will be broadcast live on Community Radio 3CR, 3cr.org.au. Far from their ancestral homes down in Van Diemen's land Knew their lives would be in vain if they didn't take a stand. You're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show here at 3CR 5 no, on your radio dial. We're back talking about um, Roads of Victoria. Let me just tick these off some of these things off. The Westgate, uh, the Westgate Tunnel, Melbourne Metro, Northeast Link. At the moment, heading towards 50 railway crossings of the elimination of Westgate Distributor. That's been morphed into the Westgate Tunnel. The re- Melbourne Metro and St Kilda Road are linked together. And as anybody who lives on the east side of the city will now see that the Hoddle Street upgrade is starting to move along. I haven't got a culminative figure of some of these costs, but... If you look at things like uh, Transurban, $16.5 billion. I've forgotten what um, um, the North East Link is costing. It's still a toll road. There's a lot of roads for somebody who wants a first-class public transport system. Yeah, this is definitely a pro-road government, pro-roads government, uh, as it was as one of the as I think the transport minister said in a conversation, roads means jobs. Well, when pe- the government or companies talk about jobs, you know they're talking about profits. Uh, and um, you know the government came in with its signature project of the of the Melbourne Metro, which it restored from the, the crappy version that the Liberals were going to build. Um, so that's they've done that. Can that's we a- just go back one step? Yeah, yeah. Am I right to thinking that the new Metro Mail gets? What's happening with South Yarra Railway Station? There won't be a South Yarra Station. Look, I've talked to the engineers about that. <clears throat> it is a great pity, but and, and it could have been built. It would have cost a lot more and it would have had to demolish half of the Bram factory uh, it, because of the grade that it's at, because it's coming up out of the, going down into the tunnel there. To fit a station in uh, it was oh, actually geometrically quite difficult and it would have cost a lot of money. I mean, I... Perhaps they should should have spent that extra money and perhaps they should have demolished half of Chapel Street to do it. Um, it, it is a pity, but it, it, it's, not an, it's not entirely, you know, I wouldn't point no. the finger at anyone for that. But it, it's a good example of, if we look at it over the last 10 years, how somebody else's plan can then morph into something else. You mean the different incarnations of the Metro? Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, look, that that's that's a pity. That particular station, it'll still be a massive contribution to rail capacity. Um, I see people are talking about not the government, but people are talking about Metro too. Um, you know, you also need the trains are one matter. You also need lots of buses. Um, but I don't know. Uh, so that's under the cover of that one public transport project. The government is now going off and doing what their masters are telling them to do, which is to build a whole lot of roads. And this is not just about because their masters think roads are a good idea. This is because their masters can make a lot of money because roads are now privatised. Can I just go back one step? In Victoria, do we have an overarching infrastructure committee that looks at up-and-coming projects? The Rod Ellington thing, that is not a... Then nobody's locked into actually following any of these. Now, I can't remember... Sorry, I should have checked this out. No, no, I can't no. remember whether Infrastructure Victoria is a thing or whether it's just an idea. Um, I know it's a promise. Yep. Um, and uh, the projects are supposed to be evaluated By according to their cost-benefit and yep. prioritised you know, in very much the same way as Infrastructure Australia is supposed to work. But, I mean... You know, Tony Abbott didn't do what they said anyway, and yeah. that the government he's still a member of still hasn't put any money into the metro. So there's no overriding thing um, that actually can actually have a look at transport systems or road building no. independent of a political party? No, because that would make it harder, you know, to give away that, the billions that they're giving away to Transurban now, for example. They don't, again, they don't want to be accountable. No. Um, so, <clears throat> I mean... Look, the big picture is that Australia doesn't make much anymore. Uh, we don't have a, a, a moneyed elite that's making money out of manufacturing and making things and exporting and so on. Um, so the only way that money can be invested to get a return in Australia is by sitting on part of the economy and ripping it off. So that's it's right across the economy. Um, you know, everything from super funds to pharmacies to toll road companies, etc. And if, if you want to understand this really well... There's a book by an, an academic economist called Cameron Murray and it's called The Game of Mates. If you read that book, you'll see how it works and you'll never be able to unsee it. You know, it'll explain to you what's going on in, in infrastructure projects, in politics, in the economy across Australia. And basically, it's way beyond campaign donations. It's not just that Transurban gives the major parties a lot of money in campaign donations. I don't even know if they do. It's about... Um, the revolving door between politicians and cushy jobs in the industries that they regulated when they were in Parliament, the same thing's happening at the public service level. Public servants go off and find themselves very nicely paid jobs in the industries that they were uh, regulating or managing or dealing with. Um, there, are, there are many ways in which favours are done and favours are returned. As I say, Cameron Murray explains it very well. And that's what's happening. So the reason why public-private partnerships came in, which was a way... So they sold off electricity, they sold off this and that. That's privatisation. But when you haven't built something yet, you privatise it in advance by getting the private sector to build it. The private sector is very happy to do that, particularly if it means that they can sit there for 20 years and collect massive rents by ripping off the punters, by ripping off the economy, um, You know, which the banks are doing, the super funds are doing, and, and so on. And Transurban is just another example of that, and they're being very good at it. So they get to build the road... Now, in the case of Westgate uh, Tunnel, the taxpayer is actually giving them $2 billion for something that Transurban will own and get all the profits from. 
Uh, and um, so it's a big money spinner for Transurban just sitting on top of that money spinner. And that's not even um, – that's I mentioned public-private partnerships. That's where the government supposedly runs a tender and people say, yeah, I'll build the road if you give me this. In the case of Westgate, it's an unsolicited bid, which means there's no competitive tendering. Transurban just rings up the government and says, we're going to do this. This is how much money we want. And the government says, oh, great. Let's sign it. Um, They've they've signed it. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, and they've admitted that this deal was done before the last election. Oh, no, and it was done because the Labor Party was forced by the by the popular protest and forced by being uh, the, the threat of losing their inner suburban seats to cancel the East West Link, and so they had to do a deal. This is a side letter. Um, well, the side letter meant that it cost us more to get out of that disastrous oh, project. Oh, Yep, yep. But they had then did a deal with Transurban before the election secretly to expand the scope of the road that was going to go from the port to the Westgate Freeway. It was going to cost $500 million. Transurban says, we won't make any money out of that. No. Uh, we want a big road that we can toll on cars that'll that'll put lots and lots and lots of cars into East Mel- uh, West Melbourne and North Melbourne. Uh, so they can make money out of tolling lots of motorists. That was a, That's a massive boondoggle. Uh, a great way for them to sit on huge profits for a long time with no competition and and that was the deal that was done before the election because the east west link was cancelled um so um that that ex- that is pretty much why that's why the government is you have to ask yourself <laughs> sorry you have to ask yourself why would a government do stupid things like this and there's your answer they they're being told what to do it's a good summation of how it works. A couple of the other things. How much did, uh, just on a couple of things, now, Transurban then got a 10-year extension? Oh, well, part of, the, part of the deal is that yep. they, they get to charge tolls on the CityLink. Or is it just the Westgate, so the Tullamarine part of it, or is it the whole of CityLink? Whole of CityLink. Yeah, the whole of CityLink. Yeah, yeah. They get to charge tolls on that for an extra... 10 years. Yeah, whatever. Um, you know, that's just another giveaway... So and you know it's not doesn't cost the taxpayer directly. Yes, it does. Uh, oh, because we don't get to take over the tolls. No, no, because building that exemption takes them out of the super profit tax, which means we don't actually get to bill them tax. No, I wasn't even aware that's, of that. That's a double thing to it. That's why they mm. wanted it because it actually it stops them paying too much tax for the start. That's right. The I other did, thing yeah. you, you alluded to, there are two former government advisors working for Transurban. One from John Brumby's office and the other one came from, oh, I'm trying to remember now. They actually started working for Transurban, what, the day after the election in 2014? I wouldn't be surprised. And, and there'll be more than just two two people. I mean, like I said, it's a revolving door. It's it's part of how it works. Um, you know, it always used to be the case that your municipal road engineer would never do what, uh, a good bike lane because their next career move was into Vic Roads. Vic Roads wouldn't like it. Um, but it's 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 even worse now. Um, there are just no controls over it. Government ministers leave office and walk straight into cushy directorships. Uh, public servants, party officials, they're you know the revolving door, and and that's one of the one of the important ways that that the private capital is getting putting itself into positions to rip us all off, basically. But you know the collateral damage. I didn't bother explaining this because listeners to this program already know. The collateral damage is building massive roads, building in car dependency, spewing out traffic everywhere, um, just wrecking the city. And it takes away money or money that we should be spending on first-class public transport. 
and bike lanes. Bike lanes are popular. Politicians who put in bike lanes get re-elected. You know, Clover Moore, Bloomberg in New York, um, etc. And um, why wouldn't the government want to do it? Because they're under orders not to do it. Why doesn't the government want to give us safe bike lanes in St Kilda Road? Because <clears throat> we'll go on, Val. Well, with lock. I mean, when we were talking, we were talking before before we came on about the new configuration of Hoddle Street. For those who are not aware of it, the if you head um, south from uh, the freeway on Hoddle Street up to Victoria Parade, they're re-engineering the whole thing. Part of the thing, I think you used the word that they describe it as, what is it, fast-moving? Continuous flow intersections. Continuous flow intersections. So the idea is that to turn Hoddle Street it just into a traffic sewer where actually it kills everything around it. That's part of the problem, is that actually... For the sake of people two minutes going from one end to the other, you actually ruin parts of the inner city. And you can see this happening all over the place. We're still captured by that. Another way of Americans call that continuous flow is spaghetti flyovers. You know, and that's the same old thinking that actually the car is king and the best way we can do is keep them moving as quickly as possible. Yep. And they're not building the alternatives. They're not interested in the alternatives. No. But, you know, look, they're a little rays of light. There are little pockets. You know, if there's a street that Vic Roads doesn't need, if it's not important to the arterial road network, then we might get a decent bike lane. But, um, you know, even even Sydney Road, which is not important to the arterial road network, we, we can't have decent bike lanes in Sydney Road. Uh, all the ducks are lined up on that. Everybody wants it except for the Labor government and the local Labor Party member. No. And, I mean, the other thing is, if you're spending money on this, you're not spending money on the other things. I think the Bayou government costed the rail line to Roval at about $3 billion. That's obviously not going to get built. Doncaster Rail, that was the usual cost I see for that. It was between 3 and $5 million is the cost of putting a rail line to Doncaster. 3 to $5 billion. Yeah. Yeah. Air Rail. It's about a three to eight that'll blow out like crazy, I would imagine. But there's probably a eight or not ten billion dollar expenditure in that. None of those things will get done. No, that's that's true. Transurban's not going to pick up the bill for the railway line to, <laughs> to Rothal. That's it. They they haven't figured out a way to to have a private operator come in and build a railway line and make billions of dollars out of it, and that's why they don't happen. No. Or a bike lane, for that matter. And I love the thing that's happened in New South Wales lately. If I do so many trips on the toll roads in New South Wales, I'll get a discount on my car, Rancho. Yeah, courtesy of the taxpayer. Yep, well, that, that tells tells us what your priorities are. Yeah. I mean, look, there's some, you know, Melbourne bug, uh, we've got an energetic uh, person working on projects at the moment and uh, who's achieving good stuff. Um here and there, uh, you know, there are people in the council, there are people in, in the council who who do want some good outcomes and occasionally they manage to, to get them. It's not easy all the time. But um, down around South Bank, we've got some good outcomes there, Kavanagh Street, um, up in North Melbourne, you know, a little bit of protected bike lane is going in that wouldn't have happened. Yep. Um, a little bit of grease on some wheels, we get a little bit here and there, but the big strategic issues like like Flemington Road and so on, we won't get to because that's state government and Vic Roads and they won't give it to us. Uh, just remind me, so the um, the Westgate distributor was 
the Melbourne City Council much more preferred that than the... You mean the original project? Which yes. Was, which was a road from the port across the Maribyrnong on back onto the Westgate Bridge to take port traffic to get the trucks off local roads, roads. to make the port more efficient. I mean... They're now able to start talking about the rail line into the port, which is long overdue. Um, the port of Melbourne has, has slipped and is no longer the biggest in Australia. New South Wales has passed Victoria because they've put in the multimodal rail-based freight exchange systems around their port. Um, Victoria has, hasn't been able to do it until they finalise the deal to sell off sell. the port, a bit more privatisation, uh, and they're going to use the money t- to fix up the rail system. But this limited road project... Um, had some merit, but it wasn't going to make billions for Transurban. Uh, and and the government, by the way, went to the election promising to build this $500 million mm. road to the port, and it's turned into this... $16.5 billion. Billion dollar. Transurban. Uh, disastrous project to make lots of money for Transurban. That's democracy for you. So now we've got a choice, you know, do we vote for the party that'll bring back the East-West Link, or do we vote for the party... That'll, that'll, well, has already signed the contract for Transurban for Westgate Tunnel. Um, you know, I, it's, a bit, it's a bit depressing. Um, how do you change it? You can turf them both out, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, this is part of the whole absurdity of this. There is no alternative. There actually... This seems to be in lockstep, both one worse than the other. And we haven't even touched on Fisherman's Bend. Yeah, well, no provision. No, provi- I think they're talking about a, a bridge across the Yarra, which would be the only way to get there on a bike. Yeah, um, because they won't they won't put bike lanes on the what you call Lorimer Street um, down there. It's no. not in the, not in the plans. Yeah. Anyway, on this happy and optimistic note, we will look forward to going into two thousand and eighteen as happy cyclists. Well, I'll try and be happy. I'm all depressed now, but... Oh, it's all right. Look, it, it'll pass. You'll get over it at some stage, I'm sure. I'll keep riding. Nick, nice to have you back on the show. Thanks. Pleasure, Val. And Chris will be back next week. I think she's got a pre-record coming up. And up until two weeks, we'll see you then. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.